1: Hi, before we start the show, let's talk about our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Show. You know this, the Bob Suska Show is almost entirely fueled by our Patreon subscribers. So if you dig what you hear today, please consider signing up for just $5 per month on our Patreon page. Not only are you going to get access to the Shadow Docket shows twice per week, but you're also going to get to download the Patreon app, you'll be able to comment under each episode, and you can even post your own blogs in the Member Post tab as well. Plus, you'll be supporting this fully independent podcast as we guide you through the chaos of our politics. So get going! Again, that's BobSeskaShow or patreon.com dot com slash BobSeskaShow. And now I'll let the cartoons begin.
2: The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. What's your Hear this! The Bob Seska Show. From our
1: nation's capital, it is Wednesday, August 9, 2023, and this is the Bob Seska interview on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 931 of the Biden Harris administration, 453 days until the 24 presidential election. You can find me on Threads and Instagram. TheBob Seska is my handle there. Twitter, Bob Suska underscore go, spoutable Bob and our Patreon page is BobSeskaShow.com. Once again, it is Cliff Schechter Day on the interview show this week. You probably know Cliff from his YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Schechter. link in the description at bobseska.com, by the way. And of course, you probably heard Cliff on the Stephanie Miller Show and his regular appearances on this show. Well, this week, we're going to get into some heavy metal discourse, as well as the huge victory for Ohio's issue one constitutional amendment. Plus, the weak Republican bench, the 2024 election, and a whole lot more. Meantime, think about supporting this fully independent podcast by subscribing to our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com. All right, this is me and Cliff Schechter talking about things.
0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers.
2: Auto Trader. More fun. More music. The Bob Seska Show.
1: You know what I'm dying to know? How was the Motley Crue show last night?
3: You want to start the broadcast with the most important part. Yes, of course. Naturally. (laughs) Um... Yeah, it was incredible. It was actually a joint um, Motley Crue Def Leppard tour. I've been a huge Def Leppard fan for a long time. Yeah, <clears throat> and a Motley Crue fan for a long time. That you know, that's anywhere from pop rock to hard rock to hair metal. To that's my that's my sweet spot. A lot fits in there. But yeah, yeah. In any case. Um, and you know, through work that I did, you know, this from work you've done, you've gotten to know certain celebrities here and there. Um, I actually, you know, it's a story that's a funny story if you wanted me to tell it, but uh, but I'll to go to straight to the point, I got to know Phil Collin, the guitarist for Def Leppard, yeah. Um, who he's a very big proponent of, of climate change prevention, mitigation, you know, and we were randomly on a show, a show hosted by Robin Quivers of Howard Stern. Oh, my God. When they first went over to Sirius Satellite about, you know, a decade ago and they were looking for content, right, because they had all these Sirius channels they gave to Howard Stern as part of the deal. Yeah, yeah. And sadly, she ended up having getting breast cancer and had to be treated and, and the show went off air and never went back on. But initially, um, it was on and somebody who had booked me before in D.C. and had become a Howard Stern guy, you know, Robin and all of them were like, We've got a rock star. We've got a, a comedian, which is Lisa Lampanelli, who was on, who's got the dirtiest mouth of all time. It was hilarious. <laughs> and um, and then they, and, and they asked this guy, and he was like, um, and he was the guy who used to, by the way, who book, used to book me at Sinclair and then left in in a very public way when Sinclair refused to show any negative information about Iraq. So there's a lot of fun around this story. Yeah. And went and worked with Howard Stern and other stuff. And basically he said, hey, I know a guy who, who um, knows a lot about politics because they wanted somebody political on, but doesn't take himself too seriously. Um, And that ended up being me. So uh, like, they're like, we want somebody like that. So I ended up going on and um, it was just, it was a blast. Um, And and that's that's where you
1: met Phil Collins. Not to be confused with Phil Collins, who's a different guy. Phil Collins, Phil
3: Collins, the guitarist. Um, And we totally hit it off. Um, And... um, and basically, sorry, there's a lot going on my house here because we're doing whatever. In any case, um, and we <laughs> hit it off and I ended up, uh, you know, becoming friends. And like he sends me whenever they're anywhere near town. This time was Columbus, which is an hour and a half from Cincinnati. They invite us backstage. And so we got to go backstage and Alice Cooper was also playing. I would say to people, if you like you shit. all, but- by Al Cooper, it is a it's performance art what he does on stage. <laughs> yes, it, is, it is he had like a big snake around him at one point. Mm-hmm. There was like a mock like guillotine where his head was chopped off theoretically, and,
2: and that
3: character. Well, I mean, he was able to <laughs> sing later, and we actually when we were backstage for a bit got to shake his hand and meet him. Yeah. So he did either. Not get his real head cut off, or he got it reattached. <laughs> I'm not sure which. But I will go um, with reattached.
1: Was, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he was
3: reanimated. <laughs> he, he, it, was, right. it was an incredible show. It was about, you know, I mean, it was three bands in a stadium. Um, you know, for it was probably an eight-hour experience, and yet, what was beautiful is all that was going on, and I was loving the show, and you know, and all that. Kept checking my phone. I'm like, oh, yeah. Also, this thing I've played a role in and been very involved in with my email list and other stuff, which is kicking the right's asses on their attempt to steal our votes away from us here in Ohio and 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 make it a 60 percent requirement for us to pass uh, any amendment. We kicked their butts on that, too. So I call it a hell of a day.
1: Yeah, it was. You know what, going back to Motley Crue, though, uh, real quick because yeah, I I mean, like go the good stuff. I'm
3: sorry. Yeah, I want to get stuff, to by the way, and, and I, they were awesome.
1: I get to issue 1 here in a second. But how is Vince Neil? Cuz I've seen some video clips of Motley Crue performing live recently where yeah. Vince Neil is just saying like not even saying the words necessarily. He's just kind of shouting gibberish. I mean, that's at least the impression I got. Has he improved? Has he gotten better?
3: Eh, not much. Um, I hate like, <laughs> like I hate to put it that way. It was they, yeah. they still were great. Yeah. Because Tommy Lee and I mean it's I mean that band right Tommy Lee infamous. He still oh, like, yeah. has it. It was an incredible drummer. Yeah. Um, Nikki Six. I mean Jesus, the guy died for like ninety seconds. Mm-hmm. They both, their their top charting song was "Kickstart My Heart." About that. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and he was great, and they brought in a new guitarist. Um, Mick Mars has had sort of uh, a, um what am I looking for? Health. Has, he's had has, health has,
1: problems he for a long well, time, yes, a right? Well,
3: he a disease where yeah. he's, he you know, his hardening of his muscles, or I, I don't remember what it, it's not ALS. It's like his joints um, are
1: fusing. I think that's right. part it's, of it,
3: yeah. Yeah, and so they brought a new guitarist so who was incredible. Yeah. So, the songs, like the riffs, if you love, like you know, the thumping of like Doctor Feelgood, or you like, like right. you know, you know, you know, Wild Side, or some of these, you know, songs like that. Uh, it was still an excellent show. Um, the problem is at this point is that like Vince Neal you know doesn't always look like he's lucid and um I mean he gets up there <laughs> I don't want to be mean but like yes like it sometimes it just looks like he he just can't even do it and he sort of just talks the words to the song he doesn't even sing them and then there are even little parts that go by where like you don't even hear the lyrics where I just assume he gives up and like you know a <laughs> line is, is right. missed
1: I, I've had
3: yeah a line is missed here and there because maybe he can't catch his breath or something. I mean he doesn't look like he's in great shape yeah the rest yeah. of them you know, however they've done it um do so i mean i still would say and they've got you know props and this and that i will say one thing you know it's it's worth just bringing this up Uh um which is they are the only band i go to of that variety who still look like they're out of like a late 80s um video like here i go again or something like there's like half naked women i mean they've got dancers up there and they are very financially clad, and they don't make any. They you know they don't they don't you know like a lot of some of these other bands like Def Leppard that used to have songs like Women and you know Pour Some Sugar on Me, which of course they still play. Yeah, but like have aged and kind of changed the the kind of feeling on the stage because they've changed with the times and with mm-hmm. their age. Molly crew has not <laughs> so if you are offended by that kind of thing by like female dancers who are who are wearing less clothing than they could be um you know that that might bother you yeah but yeah. but you know like and, and my whole thing with that is look man i i you know i i bring politics to everything i do when i feel like it's it you know like ped nugent mm-hmm. politics matters there he's an evil piece of crap of course but but with this stuff, I try to be a little more sort of open-minded, but my feeling is sort of it's, it's not necessary, mm-hmm. right? Like like the music, they got got, at least to my to me, Vince Neil or no Vince Neil, I've got so many good songs where the, where the instrumentation and a lot of the other presentation on stage, lasers and whatever, whatever is so good that I don't know why they need that. They, and they really could have a group of women up there dancing as they do at certain points who have maybe a little bit more clothing on, but they don't care. Um, they do, they do their thing. That's Motley Crue. So it's worth knowing, but, but the music was awesome. Uh, you know, again, I'm a big, I've been a big Def Leppard, uh, fan. I've been a pretty big Motley Crue fan. And I admit like, I liked some stuff by Alice Cooper, but I'd always been told like, it's, it's a performance. He doesn't get up there and just play music. He like does a show.
1: He's been He's doing incredible. that for a long, long time. Yep. And, you know, I always think about these concert tours now of bands that were popular when we were teenagers in the 80s, and maybe even some bands from the uh, 70s, uh, late 70s. And I wonder, like, what is this thing that is happening now with so many nostalgia tours? I, I think it's a combination of both our generation and the fact that there's not a whole lot of popular rock and roll being made these days. Most rock and roll is happening underground in the indie scene and so on. It's not really happening in a top 40 sense anymore. So maybe that's why people are still gravitating toward these nostalgia tours. Do you think that's kind of a good explanation? Oh, absolutely. Because
3: yeah. if, if you love that kind of music, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it probably continued a little bit into the early 2000s with some of the sort of stuff like Goo Goo Dolls and Bush mm. and some of that kind of stuff If you like that. Yeah. Um, and grunge kept, go, you know, going to the early 2000s. But really since then, you know, look, there's some new ones. And actually there's Next Generations, right? There's Wolfgang Van Halen, who I've seen, who's awesome. Oh, yeah, he's incredible. Mm. Bonham, who's incredible. Um, so you know there are some next generation guys who are playing rock and roll.
2: Yeah,
3: uh, you do get a few like newer ones. I don't know if you come across Maniskin, that's Italian, who plays some incredible like no. hard rock. Um, I like it's a little more poppy. Not Maniskin, but there. I, I I'll send it to you. I recommend you check them out. Maniskin, um,
1: Italian hard rock.
3: Yes, uh, <laughs> wow, and really okay. good. They sing some songs in Italian, some in English. Um, another one that will, sounds a lot like, actually, I know you're a big Rush fan, and, and yeah. they sound a little bit like the lead singer sounds a little bit like like uh, Plant, a little bit, a little bit like you know, sorry, name not coming to me, Rush, uh, Geddy Lee. There Yeah, yeah. Um, he, um, it's Greta Van Fleet. Oh, yeah, I know those
1: guys. Yeah, I've I've got their, uh, I think their second most recent album. I've I've got one of their albums, yeah, really good. So
3: there's a new one. They've only been around five, six, eight, maybe eight years, and we saw them at a a festival last summer, and they're awesome. So you can find it, but you're right. I think a lot of your point still stands, is I'm really sort of the exception proves the rule, and then you can find some more, like, popish rock and roll Like, I really like the Killers a lot and think they're great. Like, they're a rock and roll band, but they're not, you know. But, yeah, you don't find as much of that stuff. We know what's on the top 40 now, whatever. And no disrespect to to younger folks who like that stuff. It's not my cup of tea. You know, there's exceptions in there. You know, I think there's some stuff I like, um, but I'm never going to be a Swifty, you know, like – I mean, I, I love Taylor Swift's message. I love that she's inclusive. She's great. Uh-huh. It's a yeah. positive message, all that. But her music just isn't my cup of tea. So it's no no diss on her. Just not my thing. Mm-hmm. I, I need I need thumping drums, a great guitar. You know, a, some great guitar riffs. You know what I mean? And that kind of I mean that kind of thing. More, more of the sort of showmanship of the '80s. Like that's that's the stuff I love. And yeah. So, And I think they know that. So yes, these are nostalgia tours. And and it's also because look, a lot of these guys are getting older. I mean, we're about to see, we're going to, we've already got the tickets for the Aerosmith final tour. Will it be a final tour? You know, they always say that, but it may actually (laughs) be a final tour because like they're older and Steven Tyler isn't in great health and Aerosmith's always been, you know, just about on Mount Rushmore for me, and they're my older son's mm-hmm. favorite band. And my older son is a drummer and a singer, and loves you know Aerosmith. So we're going to see at least one of those shows.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask about your boys and whether you take them to all of these kinds of Faster Pussycat and Motley Crue and, and so on, yeah. and, and whether this is their favorite kind of music.
3: So it's hilarious, right? Like yeah. I mean, we played all this stuff in the car. This is just the when they're growing up. This is the stuff they love. They're now sixteen and thirteen, yeah. and my old and they both have taken to it. They both love it. Like my younger son will say. He's Zeppelin's his favorite, probably. My older son is an Aerosmith. He loves Aerosmith. Mm. And he was a drummer for a while, but then he, you know, I know this will shock you coming from my family, but he's a performer and has a lot of, uh, <laughs>
2: has a lot of
3: personality. Yeah. And so he became a lead singer. <laughs> he's got a good voice. And so his band has played a few gigs. They play like, you know, what they play Walk This Way, Immigrant Song, um, You know, that kind of stuff. They're writing some of their own stuff right now. So he loves that stuff. In fact, we went to the 50th anniversary. It was actually delayed two years because of COVID uh, uh, of Aerosmith in Fenway last summer. And that was largely like, you know, he really wanted to do it. Um, I would have wanted to go too. But so, yeah, my kids love that kind of music. That's what they play. My older son, as I said, is a drummer and singer. My younger son is a guitarist um he doesn't take it he's getting more serious my older son would like love to be a rock star my younger son plays guitar but also does sports and does other stuff and so it is funny because they they're just always complaining they're just like why couldn't we have been alive in the 80s and 90s they They're (laughs) like guys well some things are better some things are worse i'd argue the music was much better but because they just they hate the 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 popular stuff these days it's just not not what they like yeah it's
1: sort of like us if when we were teenagers in the 80s listening to music from the 1940s (laughs) that's kind of putting that into perspective in these 40-year increments wouldn't that be odd if suddenly in the middle of the 1980s we all started listening to Radio standards from 1945.
3: (laughs) Right. And if you want to go back even further, what if we were listening to, you know, like uh, whatever the fuck was. Sorry. I I don't know if I can curse on your. Oh, yes, of course you can. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I always forget because I go on different shows. So whatever the fuck was being produced in the 1920s. Yeah. Like, because they're listening (laughs) to stuff from the 60s too, right? Like, they, they, you know, we took them to The Who last summer and they Mm -hmm. liked it. You know, like, I mean, Aerosmith isn't quite 60s, but I think they released their first album in 72, 73. I mean, You know, that this is, this is, uh, so I mean, it's cool. They came to, I'd say it's a combination of from us, and then they came to really love it on their own too. Yeah. Um, and, and and it kind of built from there. And and then they've introduced me to stuff. So that's what's what's been cool about that is like, you know, they introduced me to Greta Van Fleet. I'm like, yes, we great. We've got like an awesome <laughs> rocking band. Yeah. That, that's newer, you know? And right. so, um, and so that's been cool. So yeah, I mean, my older son, for example, came to that show last night. I mean, he was there like my younger son did not. He thought about it, but had some things to do. And he, you know, it's a, it a long 10 hour, including the journey there and back. And, <laughs> (laughs) but my older son loves Motley Crue and is also a big Def Leppard fan. And, you know, and like we heard again too much about Alice Cooper performing. So he was there, but my younger son comes to a lot of these things too. And we'll all be going to, you know, we're all going to Fogarty next week. And, you know, which will really interesting. Never seen him. And. Oh yeah. You know what?
1: I I play music on my show by his keyboard player, Bob Malone. So I know. Oh wow. Yeah. So you know what? Maybe I should mention to Bob Malone that you're going to the Fogarty show. (laughs) I might Can be able to get you some passes or something like that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he plays keyboards and piano for John Fogarty. He's Please. in the touring I mean, band. Okay. So,
3: yeah. Now I'm begging you. Because, yeah. See, because you <laughs> one of your you somebody <laughs> who you're going to know really well when you said, you know, when you go to Faster Pussycat. So I went to, you know, we first of all, we, we I liked a few of the songs. I never, they weren't one of the ones I knew really well when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, what do you call, it came on the show with John Cena. Um, Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Uh, B figure, right? I'm yeah. Sorry, which was awesome, by yes, the way. Yes, it was. And it's like, you know, what do you use, like dancing to House of Pain and this <laughs> other stuff? Yeah, it's a great like, soundtrack we, on it.
1: Seriously.
3: Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. And so my older son got really into it. And then so we were like, we're going to go. We saw that that Pastor Pussycat, LA Guns, you know, which is one of the bands that produced Guns and Roses. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that Guns and Roses came from. Um, you know, if people don't know who they are, they've got some great stuff on their own. Um, and uh, Tom Kiefer of Cinderella touring and I hadn't seen Cinderella since I was was I saw that in high school yeah. Cinderella like in a long time. Yeah I saw them opening
1: uh, for Judas Priest in nineteen eighty eight I think.
3: Yeah. Wow. Exactly. I saw them in Stockholm the first time I ever went abroad. Mm-hmm. I got to see them in like Stockholm in like something like that, 87, I don't know what it, yeah. and and so they were all playing at this festival here and we were going to go. And then this very kind person, I think you've heard of her name is Jody Hamilton. Oh, yes, I you. know Jody. So,
1: yes. She's so, amazing. So, she has a very famous mom and I'm trying to think of yes. the name. It escapes me yeah. right now, but yeah,
3: it's Rarold Durnett, I think, <laughs> something like that. Um, <laughs> right. and, but I know you have Jody on your show. I think
2: yeah. you do. Yes. Regularly. Oh, yeah. and,
3: and, and now of course with Steph Miller. And so, Jody reached out. Jody's just the nicest person in the freaking world. Mm, um, yeah. y- you know, besides you, of course, Bob, uh, <laughs> she reached out cause she saw I put that out there and she's like, you know, I sang on a song with, with faster pussycat, you know, in the studio and like, mm-hmm. I know those guys really well. Would you want to meet them? And I was like, Holy <laughs> crap. Of course I would. And yeah. so we, so it's like, I keep doing this for my kids and it's like, you know, and it's luck sometimes it's luck that I know Phil Colin, but like, uh, when it came to that show, we also got to go backstage and meet all the guys in Faster Pussycat and Ellie Guns and Kiefer and and his band. And so, what I'm saying to you is, if you can pull that off for Fogarty, my younger son would <laughs> would you know? Because I've already pulled it off for my older son. Kind of, I kind of owe the younger he's a, the younger one is the bigger Fogarty fan.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, wow, that's so cool. Uh, so, yeah, I'll I'll do the best I can. I'll, I'll certainly reach out to uh, Bob and and see what I can do. And obviously uh, I, only
3: what you can do, you know, yeah, like, I'm not yeah. trying to be a dick, but uh, if you can, oh, that would be so cool.
1: No, he's a really good guy. In fact, I played a Bob Malone song on my show yesterday. <laughs> so it's just <laughs> top so of cool. mind. Yeah, absolutely. He, he does some great music himself, solo work. And plus, I also know one of Fogarty's uh, backup singers, Trisette. So it's like I've got like two different connections to John Fogarty.
3: <laughs> I wish i hadn't said this because I am going to beg you and plead with you off air. Grandma, I know you will,
1: so so I'll make sure to come
3: through for you. <laughs> You're a good man. Um, right. Yes, yeah, so I think it's next Sunday night So now we've spent the first half of the show talking about. Um, <laughs> well, you know what I love about your show is is that you bring whether it's Star Trek or Star Wars, whether it's I mean, we, you and I you know, um, have a lot of the same passions. We have the same, yeah. passion. I mean, you know, this was, I'm sure your listeners know, like this was your gig before you got politicized, right? Like you, uh, you, you what filmed music videos for. Yeah, like, I did. Bands. I mean, that was
1: part of, yeah. Part of doing animated cartoons. I ended up doing a bunch of different animated music videos, including uh, a couple of things with Motley Crue where I did oh, a man. animated music video for them for, Uh, one of their songs in the early 2000s, and then I did... I did this cartoon in in May of 2000 called Napster Bad, which made fun of Metallica and their lawsuit against Napster. <laughs> and so Motley Crue saw it and desperately wanted to do a cartoon re- also responding to Metallica and their lawsuit. And so I got contacted by their manager, Jordan Burliant, who said, yeah, Motley Crue wants to do this thing. Can you write up a script? And the, the guys are in the recording studio right now. They'll record all the dialogue. You just take the audio and make a cartoon out of it. And I said, yeah, ab- of course I will. So I hammered out this script. Sent it to Motley Crue. In the meantime, I ended up talking on the phone with Nikki Six for like twenty minutes, oh which God, is an incri- yeah, awesome. such a nice guy. I, I was like, I was blown away by how cool Nikki Six was to talk with he on the really phone. He
3: really is. He's got so much charisma. I mean, he just steps yeah. up to the front of the stage. I mean, that's why they're able to make up for you know, let's call it like some of Vince's challenges right now is because between them, Tommy Lee and. Nicky Six, like you don't, you're not used to drummers and bassists having the kind of charisma. <laughs> right. They're usually the guys in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And yeah. not these guys. So, you know, that's why it doesn't lose as much as it would if they were one of these sort of lead singer dominant bands or everybody else kind of uh was fun but in any case yeah so yeah i mean you did this stuff uh, you know we have these those interests and we have the star wars star trek i don't know if you're into the sort of streaming breaking bad kind of universe stuff i am oh yes of course that I am. yeah but like you know yeah you know, so it, it's it's just weird we have we have all basically beyond politics we have all the same sort of you know common interests i would say yeah so maybe
1: we should so just get I- married maybe that's <laughs> Maybe that's Makes where we're heading, Cliff.
3: Well, if I if I head in your direction, it's legal. I think it's still legal in, <laughs> legal in Ohio, but I don't know, man. Well, well after uh, yesterday's vote, I think yeah. we protected
1: it. Yeah, let's talk about issue one. Just for anyone who doesn't know, because this is something that didn't get a whole lot of chatter on social media. This was something that was really confined to Ohio activism for most of the lead up to the vote yesterday. So explain what issue one is for anyone who doesn't know.
3: All right, so I'll give quick background. I'll try to to take too long on this, but you have a corrupt group of motherfuckers. They're called Republicans. (laughs) Um, They they basically, except for in in very you know limited situations, places known as Idaho, for example, Mm -hmm. um, cannot win without cheating. Um, they can find they their best especially on issues because they're on the wrong side of every issue. They can win by by running against an opponent and demonizing an opponent so people get misdirected on issues, right? We know that yeah, that, that people end up voting for Republicans who they disagree with on issues because Republicans are so good at that well th- well on these kinds of measures, Republicans know they can't do that right? They can't demonize an individual and kansas and 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 Kentucky had voted two states where they thought they were going to be able to, to outlaw to ban abortion and both voted mm-hmm. against banning abortion And those are much more conservative states than we are so yeah. what this leads to is you know a year two years ago they the, the republicans in the state legislature hugely gerrymandered you know had to fought with our supreme court to slowly kind of become a little less gerrymandered but actually were are in contempt of court numerous times again they cheat um you know, trying to hold on to power here and they realized, well, the ballot measures are a way we can beat them. And mm-hmm. we were started pushing towards putting choice on the ballot and it yeah. will be on the choice on the ballot in November. And polls will show you between 58, 59 percent of Ohio and support it. It's not close. Right. Um, so what they decided was they were going to change a hundred ten year uh, rule that we've had in place for ballot mm-hmm. measures Um uh, you know the nominating speech given at the convention that created ballot measures here was given by Teddy Roosevelt, a guy people have probably heard of. Yeah. About how how he's tired of of corrupt state legislators and judges, you know, with money, interests and extreme agendas corrupting our politics. Sound familiar? Oh yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. so they put so we've had ballot measures, we've amended the Constitution that way, and so what they did is they decided that they were going to to beat us to our amendment in November. By creating a special election in august and spending millions <laughs> in taxpayer money to do it so that they could try to raise the threshold from 50 percent to pass a constitutional amendment to 60 percent, and then if we go in in november and we only vote with 58 or 59 percent for choice we fail um this is the same group yeah. same group of of dilapidated asshats who <laughs> basically <laughs> who basically uh like just a year or two ago outlawed august special elections because they they want to pretend they were they were stewards of the people's money of -hmm. taxpayer money and they said that's a waste but then it suddenly wasn't a waste Mm -hmm. i mean nothing they say ever matters and what was the the big sort of elephant in the room that's a good term here as republicans go (laughs) around all this is our secretary of state lying sack of shit named frank larose Mm who suppressed votes and you know tried to to do everything he can to suppress votes here um He is running against Sherrod Brown and wants to win that Senate seat. So he was pushing this because he thought he'd get his bona fides from the far-right nutbags, and and that would help him in in a Senate primary. And so he went and was behind a lot of pushing this, and he is like, oh, it'll stop corruption. Meanwhile, we had – our last two state – Republican State House speakers had their homes slash businesses raided by the FBI. And the last one (laughs) in one of the biggest scandals – probably the biggest scandal that's ever hit Ohio – Was just sentenced to between 16 and 20 years in prison for taking like millions in bribes from First Energy, our failed utilities here, who wanted to be bailed out for their failure by taxpayers. And of course, they were. Mm
2: -hmm. And they
3: were because they bribed this asshole and others in the caucus, too. And guess what? Like in, mentioned in many of these emails as an ally of theirs and somebody on their side and somebody who also took $25,000 or a super PAC from this first energy from these corrupt fucks is a guy named Frank LaRose hey. who was pushing this whole thing. Yeah. So he's corrupt. He's anti-choice. He sucks, and we just kicked his ass, and I'm hoping to kick his ass two more times this November when we pass choice and then when we help Sherrod Brown kick his ass a year from November. So that's your that's your basic – I mean, again, the, be- the easiest way to understand it is, is just like gerrymandering, just like the filibuster. Filibuster may be the easiest of all because they require 60 percent of our senators – for us to pass something that should require 50% in a democracy. That's what they want to do the, to the whole state of Ohio with ballot measures require 60% when it should be 50% plus one. Yeah. Of and course. they failed right. miserably.
1: Failed by a lot by uh, what? 14% of points. To
3: 43. Yes. I yeah. Mean, 14 points in a, in, in an election, you know, folks is an ass kicking. I mean, they were, they didn't even come close. Um, And so you know, and oh, liberal out out of state money, and as usual, there's always some billionaire asshole parachuting in. Mm -hmm. For for the whole reason uh, the the words Senator J.D. Vance exist is because of that schmuck Peter Thiel, Mm -hmm. who, when not a James Bond villain obsessed with finding ways to live forever, uh, (laughs) finds ways to foist people upon us that makes us wish we couldn't live forever because we'd have to actually see jd vance every day yeah um and and he you know he dropped the i mean he dropped 30 million dollars in here um to back jd vance which is really i mean jd vance may have won anyhow we've got a slight republican lean but the the polling with him and tim ryan was about anywhere from even to maybe a two-point jd vance lead and jd vance ended up winning by six and that's because this, sh- this shithead came in here and dumped all his money. So oh, out of state interest in liberal tech billionaires who want to censor you. Like, yeah, yeah. that's exactly who they're supported by tech billionaires. And and you know, and, and in this case, it was the Uline family who I don't even know if I'm pronouncing her name correctly, but I couldn't give two fucks. We should make them infamous. <laughs> so they're the ones who, who have that big packaging company. They're based in Illinois. And so, of course, these guys are running money about out of state liberal money. 4.85 million was spent uh, by these by these uh, guys to try to, to to pass a stupid amendment, and four million of it came from the U lines of Illinois, which, if I'm looking at my map right now, and I am, is not a part of Ohio.
1: Okay, quick break. Back with more Cliff Schechter right after these words.
2: Ba-seska! So
1: this ballot initiative thing, ballot referendum and so on, these can be used, especially in states where, first of all, that's an available uh, weapon in the arsenal. But second of all, where there are a majority of Americans who support abortion rights, who support assault weapons bans. This is a great way to get around these red state legislatures and Republican governors, Without having to flip all of that and and work our way through all the gerrymandering and all the rest of it that keeps reelecting all these state legislators who are passing these abortion bans, passing bans, uh, you know, uh, preventing uh, gender affirming care for trans people. These are all Mm -hmm. great ways to just circumvent all of that. And it's such an exciting thing to see for the past couple of years, these ballot initiatives getting added and getting passed overwhelmingly. It's incredible. Ohio nope. is just the latest in a long string of these things. And so it's about time Democrats availed themselves of this particular tool and uh, and really started doing We should have
3: much that. longer on yeah. a multitude of issues. Now we yeah. have on some, and you brought up an important point, like when you said you know, red states – the, the issue is it's you know, often not – as things get bottled up in, in Washington, mm-hmm. it's often not even just red states. It's purple states. We can get this stuff passed in blue states. Yeah. But in purple states often, you know, we saw what happened with that traitor in North Carolina, that state rep that switched parties. Mm-hmm. You know, like they – all they have to do is find one or two terrible, you know, uh, state reps or state senators. I helped with my email list to feed this. The, the one anti-choice, you know, he also – Happened to marry a seventeen-year-old who worked in his office. So he was a great guy, a Democrat in Virginia, mm-hmm. and he was going to vote with the conservatives on choice. And that he was our mar- one of our two uh, members of the, I believe, state senate. If i remember correctly, who was our margin there because they took back the state house and they have Youngkin as governor, mm-hmm. and they're going to do an abortion ban and and so we had somebody primary him and we beat him so because my point is even in like states that are that well even in states that aren't like fully red a state like virginia which you could argue leans a little bit blue at this point Mm -hmm. purple states they find ways to gum up the works and not get allow us to pass the kind of legislation that we want to pass so these ballot measures are so hugely important because we you know and that's what they were meant for i mean that's the thing you read the speech You go back and speech by teddy roosevelt he could have given it today. The way who he was talking about, mm-hmm. we know we're in like a gilded age, much like a hundred years ago. We rolled back all these regulations. We've let monopolies take control again. Extremist groups are having their agendas foisted upon us, and and so they see this as you know. Again, it's it's much easier when they have a, a, an opponent who's a Democrat because they can just say Democrats kill live babies, blah blah. You know, they can they can demonize the word Democrat. For people, they can demonize the opposition, whoever it is, and make up stories about them, right? You know, go after Hunter Biden and, you know, lie about Hillary Clinton's emails and Benghazi and, you know. But what they can't do, they can't do the same thing to an issue. <laughs> when yeah. it's just the issue, they have to actually fight it on equal terms and then they're fucked and they know it. Yep. So that's that's what's going on here and mm-hmm. that's why you can bet they're petrified today trying to figure out ways to – to, to make sure this doesn't happen in, in other places. And I think I want to say 26, 27 or so states have the have the right to, to referenda oh. uh, or ballot measures. Mm-hmm. And and when you take that and add that to another sort of 10 states or to 12 states that that have um you know that are very like liberal and we don't need ballot measures mm-hmm. to, to to do anything in. You know you between ballot measures and and liberal states we we could make sure there's sane laws in 40 42 out of the 50 states so um that's why they want to stop it
1: It's amazing to see Democrats starting to avail themselves of all of these tools because we've seen Republicans doing it for many, many years. In fact, I think one of the reasons why George W. Bush was reelected in 2004 was because Karl Rove put all these ballot initiatives banning same-sex marriage on that same ballot, driving Republican turnout, which then I think contributed to George W. Bush's reelection. So that's the additional side effect in all of this. So, for example... This pro-choice constitutional amendment is going to be on the ballot this November. That's going to serve to drive Democratic turnout to the polls, which will then trickle down to all of the Democratic candidates. While you're there voting for this ballot initiative or this constitutional amendment, you can also vote for all the Democrats on the ticket as well. So that's a great side effect, isn't it?
3: It, yeah, it is. And, you know, there's there's we, there will be a bunch of races, mayor's races, other races that are important here this November. Um, but then you've also got ballot measures you can throw on there in the even years. I mean, there have been folks talking about putting universal background checks, which, you yeah. know, I don't know why we haven't done more of those. I mean, that has 80 percent support in most places. Mm-hmm. I worked on measures like that. A classic example of what I was talking about earlier, a state that used to be kind of a purple state. It's relatively blue now, which is Washington state. Um, you know, and they had a Democratic governor, a Democratic House, but the Republicans, by like one vote, controlled the state Senate. Mm-hmm. And so they could not pass just your most basic common sense gun measures. And so I worked with, uh, you know, folks, um, you know, you may have worked with or spoken to before, Nick Hanauer, yeah. and some of those the folks out there who mm-hmm. helped fund the, this thing, who are progressive, and, um, and we – passed my ballot measure. I think it was like 2018 and 2020, I believe it was. We passed, um, uh, b- both universal background checks and red flag laws. We just like oh, fine states yeah. in it. You don't want to do your job. We're going to go around you.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And that's what we did. And and they, each of them passed with massive margins. I think one of them may have surpassed 60% easily. Hmm. So, you know, it makes it like, it It, it definitely is, uh, a, another sort of something in our arsenal to use, that we have been too reticent to use and Ex- we should be much more aggressive with.
1: Explain the right to reproductive freedom with protections for health and safety amendment that's going to be on the ballot this fall. This is the pro-choice uh, constitutional amendment on the Ohio ballot this fall that I was just talking about. What exactly will this thing do if it passes in November?
3: I mean, you know, it's going to be it's going to ensure that they cannot ban abortion
2: uh
3: i mean obviously there there, there's a judge holding up a six-week bill right now saying it's too cruel and unjust but this will overturn other other bans also Mm -hmm. um you know this will make sure that they can't you know try to pass laws saying that you know we, we can't use public funds if that's what we choose to do that people that you know i mean it really is is very straightforward that women have this right and that except for, you know, the the kinds of, of exceptions we had with, with Roe versus Wade and whatever, which are late term abortions and mm-hmm. things, there's exceptions there unless your health is is in serious danger or your uh um or your life, but anybody who understands that knows they demagogued on that stuff too. And that there, we, you know, those are 1% or less, I think it's less than 1% of abortions that take place. And, and, you know, it's insulting that, that the language that the right uses. Yeah. Like there's women that just wake up one day at the a half month. and like, yeah, I think I'm going to have an abortion. Cause I've got nothing better to do today. <laughs> right. Like that's the way they try to make it sound. Right? Of course. And it's of course, always women of color. Oh, uh, we know. And, and like, also you know,
1: we're, we're killing babies right after they're born too I don't
3: right know if you're now they're saying it. that yeah, yeah. oh yeah no i've heard that after birth abortion <laughs> you know there's another term for that it's called murder and no we're not doing it because yep. we'd be arrested if we were so you know like the, it was like their whole thing with their whole partial turn partial birth thing like they're always trying to find bullshit ways to make people think that the eight and a half month or the eighth month or what any time after when you know third trimester abortions were were uh, incredibly rare and you know you you have a much higher burden of proof because then you can start making the argument that it is a child that can live on its own Mm -hmm. but 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 before viability no, like women basically, you know, will have choices. So I, I, I'll i admit to you, I don't know everything in that amendment, like every single bit of language and everything. But but I can tell you what it will do is return what Roe versus Wade gave women, which is essentially, you know, it, uh, it, it, it will give women the first two trimesters uh, to have the right to make that decision for themselves yeah. and not have some weird fucking – you know, loser incel Ted Cruz, you know, (laughs) hat glued on beard looking motherfucker who runs to Cancun every time the weather dips a little bit, making that choice for them, or some weird Josh Hawley who thinks he's manly, but like (laughs) whose bicep is like fucking indented, uh, you know, sitting there deciding for women what they can do. And these that that's important, as we all know.
1: Did you have anything to do with the Ohio Democratic ad with that couple having sex and a Republican sitting next to the bed telling them they're not allowed to (laughs) use birth control and so on? Because you know what, Cliff? It's exactly the kind of ad you and I have been talking about for years and years yeah. and years. That kind of hard hitting ad, the salient sort of ad that cuts through all the bullshit and gets a ton of attention and doesn't pull any punches. And that's this ad. I, I was watching this thing and and the first name I thought of was you because I was like, man, this is the sort of thing that even a few years ago, we would have pitched and been rejected yep. with that kind of messaging. No
3: right which is a good sign because democrats have gotten a lot tougher on this kind of stuff and they've realized stop playing you know like this isn't polo yeah yeah. right this is a battle for lives frankly Mm -hmm. and for rights um i can't claim to have had anything to do with that i wish i did Hmm. um i did not i helped raise money for the good guys and this one through my email list and i helped push out messaging um you know not as an operative that was hired by them of my own volition yeah you know through social media and that kind of and wherever i could um but um but yeah, I mean, that, you know, I mean, that reminds you of that fun gun ad we made that caused all that controversy <laughs> and went viral and, and right. <laughs> little John Barrow and his daddy's gun. Yeah. You know, yeah, we I did after that. Newtown. We're like, yeah, yeah, it, it, like, it's, it's it's after Newtown, maybe some asshole cocking his gun. You know, this was a Democrat. Focus, yeah, it was, a de- de- it was a- back when we used to have, you know, Democrats like that, just to show you how much shit's changed yeah. in like a decade.
1: Yeah, it always blows me away whenever I do, like, a compilation of all those videos and, and ads for Republicans where they uh, shoot legislation that they don't like or they blow it up with explosives. And yep. I always end up running into one or two Democratic ads along those lines. Like, there was a Joe Manchin one where yep. he's Manchin shooting the tax code the e- or some shit. the like yeah. EPA
3: or, I mean, what a fucking, you know, he is <laughs> right. who he is. And, and yeah. frankly, you know, uh, I would rather that uh, a Democrat win because um, we need the numbers. So I won't let emotion get the best of me. Mm-hmm. But assuming he does lose, like the numbers say, I won't miss that motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> that that I will say. If I'm in West Virginia, and anybody's listening, you should vote for him because uh, he still is with us on some things, as much of an arrogant asshole as he is, and as self-involved as he is. But you know, we do need in the end having a majority in the Senate is everything. Right. Hopefully uh, we'll have the kind of year where, you know, already Ted Cruz and Rick Scott, because they're two of the most hated human beings on the planet Earth, um, are behind or close to behind their opponents in Florida and Texas. Um, and for anybody who thinks that, you know, that's not doable, I'm not saying Florida and Texas are easy, but you, you have to remember that. uh that, that the first time DeSantis won, he won by like 0.01% against Gillum at the time. It was a very close election. And you have to remember that Rick Scott has never won an election by more than one. I think he won, his biggest win was 1.2%. His two other ones are less than half a percent. Mm-hmm. It's been so frustrating seeing that guy get elected and barely winning because he spends a ton of money and he can, and you know, he's not likable and neither is Ted Cruz. They're both loathsome creatures. They can't hide behind, look, there are Republicans who I don't like which is really almost the entire party. But can I can admit that come off as more likable people and who worry me more? Like it's hard, you know, like does John Thune come off as somebody you hate? No, (laughs) his policies are awful Mm -hmm. and whatever, but yeah, I've never heard him say a nasty thing, but Ted Cruz and Rick Scott are just evil assholes and they make it easier. So I, I, you know, we, we need to do that. We need to win those. So that, that, you know, assuming Joe Manchin, even if he does pull off a miracle and, and win, he, he, of course, can't be the deciding vote on anything because we've learned that that will lead to no filibuster reform. And then the entire Senate suffers through the same problem they were trying to make Ohio suffer through. We yeah. need 60 percent to pass the kind of stuff that we really should need 50 percent to pass.
1: Given everything that's going on with him, do you think Donald Trump's support right now is a bit of a mirage? I don't know am I am I looking at this too optimistically what do you think
3: <laughs> I don't know bob are you, are you implying that the media is taking a bullshit narrative and exaggerating <laughs> it and running with it and yeah. saying things that are empirically untrue mm-hmm. just so they can get ratings and they can pretend that it's there's a both sides and all that. Is yeah. that what you're implying.
1: Yeah. Well, you um, know, and, and I, I'm the, don't get happy guy. I, I'm not uh, getting complacent about what's going to happen in 2024. I think there's a very real chance Donald Trump could win, but I don't think he's as popular as he's being made out to be. He's popular with the cult, but I want right. to believe that at least based on some poll numbers and just from what I've been observing, that people are starting to sort of slowly back away from him and I still think he's going to end up with the nomination but I don't see him taking it all the way I don't see him taking any uh, any more votes than he got last time he may end up getting fewer votes than he got last time
3: right well it's, I mean you know who votes for him that didn't last time was like yeah all these in, all these uh, indictments are incredible yeah um you know and all those stuff we've learned about him I mean look it, 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 there's actually it's really it's amazing if you look at charts. It charts really very straightforward. Um, Donald Trump has not gained strength from indictments, which is what, of course, the the media has has said mm-hmm. because they're just lazy, whatever. I mean, maybe for a day or two after an indictment, like some of his core people get angrier and answer polls more or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they, the the empirically obvious thing here and actually a guy who helps me out sometimes at my or helps me on my youtube channel matt rubison who has a podcast beyond politics he wrote uh about this for newsweek and if you look at it basically what's happened is nobody else compelling has jumped into the presidential race they've all just been you know and i'm sorry look there's a certain amount of racism sexism nikki haley and tim scott and will hurt and all these people can fool themselves all they want most people don't know who the hell Asa Hutchinson is. You know, Chris Christie has got plenty of baggage from all sorts of of, of things that he's done in his flip flopping on Trump. So you know, they haven't seen else compelling and so DeSantis was gonna be the guy. Mm-hmm. But he's so. I mean, I saw a clip of him today, a twelve-second clip, and it was it was worse than all the others. It's like something I've never seen. It was mm-hmm. like like a reporter asked him like how he feels about the fact that his polling is falling down, and first he like rubs his hand over his face and his mouth in this <laughs> disgusting way that makes you want to hurl. Yeah, and then, then he and, laughs
1: uncomfortably and this, for and a second. He's just this
3: weird, <laughs> you know. And then after his weird, crazy <laughs> laugh, he gets these sort of you know these shark eyes, these death stare eyes yeah like he's a fucking i mean he is a freak is what he is and everybody's (laughs) been seeing what a weirdo he is and you can track this which is trump's been gaining by almost the exact amount desantis has been falling so what you've got is you've got trump and a bunch of people left trump for desantis and and once all all of desantis's weirdness and weakness started shining through they don't see anywhere else to go Right. Because they're they, they just they're not going to, you know, I mean, whether they admit it or not, they're not voting for, you know, if they're a Republican base, they're not voting for a black guy for president. Sorry, Will Heard and Tim Scott. They're not voting for an Indian woman for president. Sorry, Nikki Haley. Like there's things they're just not doing. And so when they when, it, when they turn around, they're like, well, fuck, I guess I'm going back to Trump. <laughs> It's, not, a, it's an incredible thing.
1: Yeah, and and it's not something that was hidden. I'm talking about Ron DeSantis's weirdness. That was always out in the open. You just had to take a look. I mean, I'm not even on the Ron DeSantis beat. I mean, I'm not really into covering Ron DeSantis, or at least wasn't uh, before he was running for president. But even I could tell that this guy has some serious downsides. And as soon as that gets revealed on the national stage, as soon as soon as he starts getting scrutinized by Republicans, they're going to go, why were we talking about this guy for so long as being a, a, a possible presidential candidate? He's such, he's such an incredible yeah. weirdo. Right. He's so awkward and out, so weak. Like, yeah, yeah.
3: You know, like he won his House seat. Okay. You know, I don't know the history behind that. But the first time he ran for a statewide office, he ran in a Senate primary and got his ass kicked, mm-hmm. you know, in Florida. And then he ran in a governor's race where people saw that he was a fucking weirdo. And it's a close state. And he barely eked it out. I mean, you know, he did win. I'll give him credit for that. But he didn't. He won by what was it, twelve thousand votes? It was some ridiculously low number over yeah. Gillum in twenty eighteen, right. right? He barely won,
2: mm-hmm. and
3: that and that is a state now that has a couple point Republican lean. He underperformed what a generic Republican should do there. A generic Republican should win Florida by two <laughs> or three points at this point. Yeah. So I mean, you know, uh, it, 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 no, it isn't a shock or surprise. I'll admit I wasn't paying close attention to him, so I didn't know how bad it was. I knew he was a guy that seemed to have lack any charisma and, you know, would do weird things like yell at kids for wearing masks on a on a stage and you know, shit like that. But I didn't I didn't know exactly how strange it was until he started wearing his booties around and, you know, started <laughs> to put on that ridiculous flight suit, you know, and, and that made that for like scrunched his face up so he looked like a chipmunk. And, you know, like and all the other just ludicrous things he's done, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, like basically you know, meeting a girl and say, hi, human girl. Does that have sugar in it? You shouldn't eat it. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I didn't know any of that. I didn't know just how bad it was. Yeah, I did yeah. know that he wasn't some guy, some likable, charismatic guy that I sat there and said, oh, shit, this guy's danger. Mm. You know, um, and, you know, that's why he never won overwhelmingly. He won in these very close Kind of racist. and you know now it's all shining through because even whatever the the you know the press scrutiny is you get from Florida, you get a fuck of a lot more press scrutiny um, uh, from uh, you know from the national media, yeah. especially when you're when you're considered to be the it guy, who's the alternative. Donald Trump and once he became that and then Donald Trump's people turned some of their fire on him He's, too and like again you talk about this like that you know the ad you and I made I mean, people I think know and we've sort of talked about it that you and I at times I mean I've been hired by people to put together ads and you know I'm a writer and creative guy but I'm not an editor and I have sometimes hired you to, to edit because you're just about the best in the business oh, at you. it which everybody should know I mean <laughs> like I can think stuff and not tell you and you'd know to do it you're just fucking brilliant <laughs> at it and so you know, we made ads. I mean, think about the ads we could make about Ron DeSantis. I mean, yeah. it'd be never-ending the fun if I if somebody gave me unlimited <laughs> funds decided to pay me to do it, that. I could just sit there and just tee off on the guy. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. he just is, you know, he's just yeah. that uncomfortable. So I mean, um, you know, he's not. So will somebody else who who is sort of acceptable to the loons, who's far right enough? I mean, and that's also a difficult thing for them at this point too, because mm-hmm. they're losing a lot of their people that were were the people that donated to them that turned out for them and whatever like even a couple of these billionaires i mean of course you want to laugh at them right like the paul singers and people these hedge fund billionaires who don't who hate unions and hate like you know anybody anything that would take away their money but like are don't aren't culture warriors yeah and if something yeah. like we want you to be more liberal on abortion and guns and we're not going to give you money where and you just want to be like hi guys are you fucking morons what, what is it that you were not paying attention to <laughs> Right, like (laughs) what is the part of Ron DeSantis his voting record in Congress, everywhere else that you missed along the way? I'm just wondering. Yeah, you know. Um, but like you know, but they are representative of a larger group who aren't always billionaires. But you know, upper middle class folks, you know, in cities and suburbs, even in rural areas, who have the money to give or have the support and whatever, and and they don't support this. They don't support these constant attacks on 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 gay folks. They don't they don't like sending their kids to school and not knowing if they're going to come home. You know, and thinking that everybody has the right to a fucking weapon of war without a background check or anything, right? Like, mm-hmm. they, they, don't, they, they don't want a, a, an abortion ban. They may have been people that thought that there should be more regulations in abortion than there were, but they didn't want this. They want 11 year olds being raped and having to deliver children. And so, like, you know, they, they're seeing the kinds of the agenda they get from someone like Ron DeSantis. So, who can thread that needle? I'm not sure. I mean, it would have to be somebody with a huge personality. Reagan was able to thread a lot of needles because he had such a a sort of good personality. He was so good in front of a camera. You know, that he he was able to sort of overcome a lot of his harsh policies because he was this likable, you know, affable guy. Yeah. Who is that in the Republican Party these days? I don't know who that is. Yeah. You know, what?
1: that's such a good point, because one of the things I've been trying to inject into the overall political discourse these days is the absolute weakness of the Republican bench. I mean, what does it say about the talent on the Republican side? that no one can come close to a tyrant who lost the popular vote in 2016, lost his reelection campaign, was impeached twice, who's about to be charged with a fourth set of felony indictments. And no one can come close to that guy. There's no one. It's an amazing statement about the Republican Party that their bench is so weak that they can't compete against this guy who's done everything wrong. It's an amazing thing. Saying.
3: Yeah. I mean, they, you know, part of it's the, the the media machines brainwash them into thinking it's just, you know, they attack every American institution. It's a conspiracy between, I don't know, the CIA, the FBI, <laughs> new, news media, Jews, a couple of Masons from the 1780s, maybe some Native American tribes. Yeah. You know, the the ghost of uh, Norman Thomas. I, I don't know, you know, who the fuck they have on this list of, but like their, their whole sort of. You know, the, so they're not living in reality, but no. certain other Republicans who are, and who still, you know, are traditional Republicans, and people you and I would disagree with, but aren't into the culture warrior stuff, and don't want the rest of this garbage. They don't know where to go, and there's no Republican out there who can kind of unite those factions because they've because they've so propagandized that 25, 30 percent of the country, which makes up probably about 60 70 percent of their party, you are just nuts. You know, and don't accept reality. So what I, you know, I mean, maybe there's somebody, as I said, I pointed out I threw out John Thune before who said he's not gonna run for president, which made me happy. But he doesn't have huge charisma, he's just not dislikable. Yeah, right? He's a he's an amiable guy, he's not a fun, like a guy that gets up and takes over a room. He's just a guy that gets up and doesn't offend you. I mean, Tim Scott's the same way, but he's black, and I'm sorry, Republicans don't vote for black presidents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm missing somebody, there's all sorts of governors. You know, I don't know the profile of every senator, and maybe somebody will get in. I think Will Hurd would be a like likable enough guy, and he's moderate. If you know, if if they ever support somebody like that, you know. But uh, he, he, spoiler alert, they will not, because again, right. black. Yeah. I mean, you know, like it's it's not and and moderate. Right. right. I think he, I think he's pro-choice. I'm not. You know. I think, as I remember correctly, he supported background checks on guns. Like those are non-starters. So, they. I just I don't know who that person is who can have such the kind of overwhelmingly charismatic personality that they're able to get away with and gloss over the many differences in that party. And we should be thankful that I don't think that person exists on the right, not that I'm aware of.
1: Exactly right. Yeah, there's the possibility that Tucker Carlson could try to run, but no one's going to come close to Donald Trump's at least perceived charisma on the Republican side. No one's got Carlson that. Carlson wouldn't yeah. get those those yeah.
3: moderate center-right people we're talking about because right. he's a Nazi. Yeah. So sure, he'd <laughs> hold the MAGA base, but, like, <laughs> right. but he's not going to – I mean, after all the shit that he's done on his show and done, like, I again – I have a few friends still who consider themselves sort of center-right Republicans, you know, people who voted for Biden and have mostly voted Democratic recently because they, you know, they're, they are people who cannot abide by this Republican Party. And I don't know how you bring people like that back, but but keep the crazies. You yeah. have to have such a big likable person. I mean, Tucker is a big personality and that he's very well-known, but he's another one who's a complete asshole. I mean, people don't like him. You know what I mean? Like, he's not a likable guy. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't see it happening. I don't, again, I don't know, you know, you need, you need like a Reagan type or Charlton Heston type or, you know, somebody that's larger than life with tons of charisma. I mean, it's not a shocker to the people I picked were actors, you know, whatever. Well, I mean, you know, the, their celebrities these days are chachi and fucking, you know, <laughs> you know, Kid Rock, who looks like yeah. he just like fell out of the fucking RV meth lab in Breaking Bad. Like, I mean, like, I'm sorry, but uh, you know, I don't know who 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 on the right could 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 unite these folks who has that kind of person because the only thing that will overcome, in my opinion, these differences is that kind of a personality. I don't think they. I mean, and those personalities are few and far between, right? Like, yeah. Kennedy, Reagan, Obama, Bill Clinton like you don't get them that often. Right, right. Who have that kind of just a massive amount of charisma.
1: Yep, I'm really in that mindset right now that we could very well be observing the death of the modern Republican Party and I mean that in the in terms of suicide. <laughs> it's committing suicide no, I mean, They're doing I agree. this to themselves. Right. I mean, they can't even raise money because he's sucking down all the money for his legal defense. What are they going to do in a year when his followers are tapped out and can't give him any more money? It's an incredible thing. It's really
3: interesting. You know, and I don't know what the because the truth is, is that what you would need is, quite frankly, is you would need some some of those kinds of charismatic personalities. I'm not sure who they would be uh, who are center right, reasonable people. And you need some folks with a shit ton of money because it's just it's not like. 100 years ago with the democrat you know 150 years ago the democrat republicans disappearing yeah. that was actually their name folks i'm not democrating i'm not dropping the i c mm-hmm. the way uh Fucking Republicans through the Democrat Party. Yeah. There were the Democrat Republicans back in the day. There were the Federalists, there were the Whigs. Parties went and you know, came and went because we didn't have the kind of mass national, and international branding and in all of that of today. Mm-hmm. You know, the thought of like a party, you know, so branded into people's consciousness as the Republican Party, um, and being able to create some kind of an alternative. I mean, that's a hell of an undertaking. And, you know, Ross Perot couldn't even pull it off yeah. and he had billions of dollars. So, I mean, they would need people with money, but they would also, they really would need some person and not just on the presidential level, you would need a slate of people and you'd need people running, you know, but I think in the end, you know, they may be some will emerge from the ashes of, of, um, uh, this Republican party. I don't yeah, know, yeah. but it's hard to say because we've never seen this in modern times. So I don't know. I don't know. there's no precedent for this since the Whigs. And again, we were a very different country with very different kinds of allegiances. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, regional allegiance was much more important back then. You know, everything wasn't just partisan. And so I don't know, you know, I I don't know how a party like the Republican Party just disappears in something else. But you know, hey, maybe anything's possible.
1: Severely weakened to the point where they can't operate anymore. Okay, my friend, Everything going well with the YouTube channel? Everything good? Yeah. yeah. If, if right. the
3: fine folks here uh, who are listening, go subscribe. We are now, I'm mm. going to give you the update, baby. All right. We are at 24,869. Yeah. We need 131 people to break 25,000 subscribers. Awesome. So please go subscribe. You can find me. It's just C. Schecter. So it's YouTube.com C. Schecter. C-S-C-H-E-C-T-E-R. Mm-hmm. If you're still on uh, uh, Elon's Crazy Train Twitter, I'm on there still because it still has a use, sadly. And that's just at Cliff Schecter. And then I'm, I'm doing more on threads these days. And that's just at Cliff D, Middle Initial Douglas. So at Cliff D Schecter. Why Excellent. did I make them all different? Because I'm an asshole. <laughs> and,
1: I know, that's my and, problem. You know,
3: I yeah. should have had them all be the same. But, but, but <laughs> you can find me in any of those spots. YouTube is the one I'm spending the most time on and working on the most in threads. I'm probably trying to do more there and less at Twitter, but yeah, I can tell it gets big enough. I have to still stick to Twitter. So.
1: All right, my friend, it was great talking to you and uh, congratulations again, you and, uh, and the great state of Ohio. Uh,
3: we had a good day. Me yeah. and, you know, me with Motley through and, Alice Cooper and <laughs> yeah. Death, but me also with my freedoms I will continue to enjoy in the great state of Ohio, along with my brethren here and history So, chaos. All right, uh, you have the best, one of the best damn podcasts in the business. So thank <laughs> you for, for for lending me 50 minutes to an hour to just spout off inanities.
1: all right, I you're it. welcome. Rock on, my friend. We'll talk to you next time. Take care, buddy. Take it easy. Bye bye.
2: Bye. Wings of darkness My UA!